Welcome to In the Driver's Seat, a podcast on managing financial risk in your grain operation, brought to you by ABM. Hello, I'm Holly Donato. Hailing from a wheat farm in North Dakota, I know firsthand the many financial stresses and decisions farm families face every day, and yet how rewarding farm life can be. So I'm really pleased to be your host for this new podcast from ADM. We're going to bring you interviews with some of the better thinkers in grain marketing and risk management, especially in corn, soybean, and wheat production. And hopefully you'll gain some tools and insights to keep farming both successful and something you still love to do. We're kicking off the podcast with a five-part series on how to stay in control of your grain marketing. It's a side of farming that can feel very out of control in these tight markets. Joining me today to introduce this special series are Nate Brabetz, ADM's Western Integration Territory Manager, working closely with producers across the Corn Belt, and Doug Rosa, Director of ADM Producer Origination, who heads up the team of 10 local ADM representatives who work with farmers across the U.S. Good morning, guys. Good morning, Holly. Thanks for having us. So what would you say is really important in this environment about risk management, Doug? The situation that we're facing now is one where commodity prices are depressed, maybe more than they have been in in five, six, seven years. So it's it's certainly less fun to deal with this environment. But the one thing that has not changed and, and isn't changing is the volatility. So the difficulty to um, make a good plan and execute on a plan is, is I think, exponentially more difficult than um, what it has been in the past. So the amount of effort that has to go into the planning and execution piece uh, is even more important and more sensitive because we're at price levels that aren't necessarily profitable. I think what what I believe, um, and, and Nate can chime in on this too, is that the opportunities uh, to sell at levels that might be profitable are so much shorter. So. Uh, we go through long periods of pretty low volatility, but all of a sudden something happens and you get an immediate price spike and it happens so fast, it's difficult to execute. And Nate, are you seeing that same kind of uh, volatility is, is the number one challenge behind uh, farmers managing risk? Well, I think, yeah, volatility and it's really can be looked at in several um, ways. You know, right now, we're not seeing big movements, but even with without big movements, there's there's some pretty large impacts happening to farmers that you know they don't even really recognize a lot of times because it's not where they love to spend their time. I looked at some uh, data just in Nebraska where over the last few years we've had um, really volatile movement, what farmers or what we would all consider volatile movement in cost of production in things like fertilizer, seed, chemical. But in relative space, if you looked at the history, it kind of said, yeah, it moved 20 bucks an acre on average, whereas you take that same farmer and on a 200 bushel yield, the market just in 2017 alone on the December board moved 70 cents. So you take 200 bushel at 70 cents is you're looking at a $140 move on the marketing side. So it's, it's definitely an impact to their bottom line much more, but it's also the spot where they're not as comfortable. What would you like farmers to get out of this series of conversations then, Doug, if those are some of the 
variables and also some of the environment we work in today. Uh, what would you like the goal to be here? I sit in, in Decatur, Illinois, but the role I have is working with a big team of people, really all of the people who interface directly with the farmers. And what we think about every day is what are the market conditions we are dealing with? And within that landscape, what are the things that we can do to assist farmers, uh, specifically from a grain marketing standpoint? Many farmers, most farmers do not like to lose control. And that's why this this is called, you know, being in the driver's seat. It's it's how do we make sure that people know that they are in control of their business, but also give them the resources and the expertise to help them build a plan and stick to a plan that they feel really good about. That's really what I want to get out of this. A farmer may may say, well, what does ADM have that's, you know, aligned with my interests? Why would I be listening to someone from a grain uh, purchaser? You know, I think the thing that I see and the, really the, the beauty of, of what we do is because we have an exchange where, you know, market participants, you know, be it a grain company or a farm or a cattle feeder or an ethanol plant, we can all um, decide when we want to sell our crops or own our crops and we have enough vol- volume that we can choose to do that at different times. We're not stuck in an environment where a person has to buy when when one sells, you know, in that kind of competitive nature. I think you know, there's enough participants in corn and soybeans and a lot of the commodities we deal with that if a farmer wants to sell at $4 corn, there is somebody else participating and it still makes sense for their business in a way that both parties can still be profitable. And that's where I think uh, it is a huge opportunity. There is a tremendous amount of overlap um, between what's good for ADM and what's good for the farmer for sure. I think sometimes as a farmer, as a seller of grain at ADM, as a buyer of grain, and, and you might think that that is, you know, many times a conflicting um, position, but in, in almost every case, it's not. Um, our goal is to build trust, loyalty, and be able to earn that uh, on an everyday basis. And at the end of the day, we care about getting farmers the highest price that they can possibly get for their grain. It's the only way, the way they're going to stay in business. It's the only way we can continue to buy from them. So it's not just a transaction today and a transaction tomorrow. It's about providing a high level of service and, and building that level of trust with a grower that we can help them achieve a, a much higher value for their grain over time. Than, than they probably can on their own. So if we would call this in the driver's seat, I would, I would say that you see yourself on the passenger side kind of navigating. Some people would like us to do more. Maybe we have a hand on the wheel with them. Some people prefer that um, we don't get anywhere near the driver's seat and we can accommodate any of those wishes. The key thing to me is everybody defines risk differently. I run across people all the time who, who are hesitant to forward market, fearing that they won't raise the cost. That's too much risk for them. I run into other individuals who, you know, who feel the least risky thing they can do is to store their 
their unsold crops on their own farms in their own bins. And neither of them is right or wrong. It's how they perceive risk and, and how comfortable they are with some of those risks. So understanding that at an individual level is it is imperative before we can do anything to help them um, manage whatever they deem as risk. Doug, you've outlined four principles, really mindsets or habits that you've seen on a broad scale make a difference um, in in farming and successful marketing and risk management. Do you want to just outline those? Because we're going to be delving into each one more in future segments, but today it's kind of good to walk through those and get an overview. I really don't know that there are four perfect ones, but these are four that resonate with me and and I think will resonate with our audience as well. And the, the four are plan simply, uh, execute objectively, adjust with discipline, and evaluate honestly. Those four principles, if you will, um, are, I think, key to feeling really quite good about the approach you take to marketing. So, Nate, let's dive into the planning aspect. Um, Most farmers are probably doing some of that this time of year before going into the fields to plant. What are farmers in your area doing to plan, and how can they keep it simple but comprehensive? Sure, and I think that's where the challenge really comes is keeping it simple. And everybody's a bit unique, so certain things are more impactful to, you know, maybe a farmer who's first, you know, starting out or has a tighter, tighter financial situation. They're going to be a little more sensitive to moves, and so their their decision might be different than somebody who, say, has built some equity over the years and can withstand some some bigger moves. So I think. A lot of times it's just as they build that plan, it helps them think through what are the the two or three things that are really impactful to me and what am I going to do about it? Identify where are we unique? Where can we win? Where can things go wrong? And then, you know, if it does start to turn, how do we know it's starting to turn? And then lastly, what are we going to do about it? So I think that's important to anybody when they plan is just having those those factors in mind and thinking through it on the front end and really just prepping yourself for, for what is going to happen because as humans, we get emotional. And the last thing you want to be doing is making some of those tough decisions when you're emotional. So what gets rolled into a plan? What are some of the factors on the cost side that you really should be entering into that budget to then inform your marketing throughout the rest of the year? Obviously, we have our cost to grow the crop and and those things change. Um, although they don't change a lot, they change. One of the big ones that really changes is yield. And as we go through the year, you know, as weather changes or different factors, it starts to really impact yield. And a small change in yield can have a large impact on our net profit. And so that's where we try to build tools and use tools like, you know, things like GrainBridge or other tools where we can really digest that um, automatically and rapidly because a small change, like I said, makes a big change to, to the rest of the balance sheet each finger kind of touches everything else. So one small change over here can have large impact. And so just being able to to digest that and digest it together and make a decision based on that is really important. Doug, Nate mentioned GrainBridge. What exactly is that? And uh, how does it connect the dots for a farmer? 
Grainbridge is is one tool. There are more out there, but Grainbridge is free to farmers. And what Grainbridge does in a real nutshell is it gives them a real time look at their at their PL. So if they have multiple things going on, and most do, they have grain in storage, they have contracts sold, they have a brokerage account. Grainbridge will take all of those things and take them all into consideration. And with every market move, give you a real-time view of, of where you're at from a, a financial gain loss perspective. And that is a great help to, you know, adjusting your plan and making decisions. So Nate was talking about adjustments in yield. A 10 bushel per acre improvement in yield can drastically affect where your break even is. So this will show you things like that, including, you know, your potential for a crop insurance, indemnity payment, et cetera. So there are a lot of things that Grainbridge takes and creates a nice, clean, clear picture that makes it a great decision tool for any farmer. Sounds like that really informs then what a farmer needs to get for those bushels. Uh, when they harvest their crop, if they know an exact point of profitability in di- different uh, price scenarios? Yes, I think uh, it does. It sheds a lot of light on it and lets them be in the driver's seat and they can, you know, they can see the impact that each of these moves is, is taking. Nate, Doug mentioned the second step in uh, the really getting on top of uh, grain marketing a little better is to execute objectively then. So how do you come out of a plan and then execute on that plan in a volatile market situation. Execution is really tough. And we've seen that, you know, there's, there's multiple situations where, you know, we have a great thought about, hey, I want to do this. But without a plan, it's just really hard to execute. And so having that plan in front of them, it just gives that chance for our people sometimes to just even ask the question to say, you know, we originally planned to do this. You know, and ask the next question of why are we changing? Once a farmer identifies the prices that he needs to get for that grain, then I'm thinking there are some distractions that can take you off that plan. So what are some of those? What does a farmer need to resist and what does he need to pay attention to and be flexible for? Just as humans, um, we get emotional. And when we're emotional, it's really tough to execute. and so. It, it gets the producer off plan. And, you know, we have created in, in inside of our portfolio for that reason, we have a balance of tools that are mechanical that really remove the human, which helps us eliminate some of that emotion. Because even if you're aware of it, it's just hard to get it out of your mind. A lot of times if you made a decision and it's weighing on you, it might impact the next decision or even the next decision. And that's where it really starts to have a agonizing effect. So it sounds like there's a mix of contracts that can help you um, kind of set your goals and uh, move on in your farming operation. What are some of those that would maybe complement some of those automatic contracts? The contracts we offer, uh, again, are very personalized to individual objectives. And I think to parallel on what Nate was saying, I think changing the plan or using um, the contracts to achieve your objectives 
um, is great. What we don't want to do is change the objectives so that the market changes. We need to adjust the plan to hit the same objectives. Sometimes it's difficult to maintain the same objectives because of the, the environment that we have, but we have lots of different um, contracts and we don't know which one fits what situation until we have those deeper discussions. Some of those automatic contracts would be like a price daily or an accumulator or an ASP. Again, those are very mechanical. It removes human emotion. To many growers, it's a big relief to know that those contracts are making pricing decisions every day based on achieving their objectives and not being in a situation where they have to make so many decisions. We talked about adjusting. When is it justified to change? Doug, you talked about don't change the objective, change the means of getting there. Uh, when should you do that in the process of executing? Adjusting the plan is something that most often should take place when the environment when the environment changes. So um, if some condition in the market changes, whether that be uh, a supply and demand situation or a technical situation, but there sometimes there are fundamental shifts in the market that people recognize that's the time to reevaluate and to relook at whether the plan you have in place will achieve the objectives that you set out for. Let's take the last step then. You say that finally at the end of the year, you want to look back and evaluate what strategies you've taken, whether they've worked or not, and learn from those. Um, Briefly, just sum up that final step and uh, how to conduct that. Evaluating results, honestly, is is hard for many people because they hold themselves responsible for, um, you know, achieving the results that they're seeking. So many times the benchmarks become the high of the market, which is, you know, an impossible task uh, unless you're frankly just really lucky. Um, it's a very difficult thing. So evaluating your results, honestly, I would say include did you achieve the objectives that you set out to? So those objectives might be overall profitability. They might be a price per bushel. They might be other benchmarks that, you know, am I in the top third of the market range? You know, did I perform better than last year? So uh, I think it would be helpful as you plan to also think about how you're going to evaluate how you did. I think in many cases, um, we don't decide what we want to evaluate until we get to the end and we're hard on ourselves. So having those things in place can, you know, relieve some of that stress that goes along with holding yourself responsible to achieving objectives that you set out, not just for you individually, but for your family, for your business partners, you know, for your lender, all of those things. Well, my my vantage point on this uh, is my own life and and childhood on a farm in North Dakota where we grew Durham and hard red spring wheat, um, some malting barley. And and I just saw from my brother and my dad just what a challenge it is uh, every year to make the finances work out on a farm, you know, and get some workable return out of that grain that they work so hard to produce. Yeah, I think this the evaluation piece is one of the 
toughest areas because in a lot of in a lot of cases we talked about how unique farmers can be and there is so many um, influence things influencing a farmer's feeling like okay was this a good year or not there's so many moving pieces that a lot of times they don't know what to evaluate and it's hard to kind of tune out per se the coffee shop talk you know my neighbor did this and it was really successful well the problem is your neighbor might have really different objectives than yours. And so I think it comes back to going back and looking at your plan and what was your objective and did you reach those objectives and then trying to, when you can, tune out those other interferences that at times make people feel feel um, like they weren't successful. You know, I went on to do reporting on ag issues in the Red River Valley and Regardless of the commodity, whether it's sugar beets and potatoes or, or wheat or corn, it just seems like this marketing side of farming is, is a challenge, you know, every decade. I'll take an example, you know, where a farmer forward contracts and, you know, we have a crop problem like we did in a year like 2012 when we had some dryness. And a lot of farmers at that point might have had some, some grain sold for the fall. And as we approached the fall, the price went up and it was easy for those farmers that, you know, maybe didn't grow as much to start to say, well, gosh, I I made a bad choice here to forward contract and maybe even had to buy out of a contract. And so they learn from that and it's kind of self-conditioning to where the next year then they decide, well, I'm not going to sell. And what happens is the market may move the other way. But they may not see it. It may not be impactful because they didn't write a check for it. So in their mind, you know, they remember 2012, but it's at times we forget about the other years where maybe financially it moved, but it was more of an opportunity cost than it was a realized cost where we actually had to physically write a check for something. And so I think that's where, you know, as farmers evaluate, they need to look at all those things and say, okay, am I being objective in in my results. So there is a kind of a cycle to this and it might not happen neatly in parallel with the seasons, right? You're you might be jumping around in different phases of planning, of executing, adjusting and evaluating throughout the year. It's really right, Holly, and just having those four disciplines in mind, I think will help you compartmentalize if you will what what you're working on doing. And if you compartmentalize that, it might become an easier task than, you know, feeling sometimes like um, you're not as organized as you would like to be. Thank you, Nate and Doug. A good overview of the segments that we're going to be covering in the future. And for the next one, we're going to have Nate back and Mark Frank, who's president of GrainBridge and uh, who developed that software tool to help plan budgeting and grain marketing goals. Meanwhile, you'll find notes for this segment on admadvantage.com, the website. And you can also um, give us your questions there. Go to the contact page and let us know what you'd like to hear from us about in the next uh, couple of segments here. Um, You can also locate your ADM representative on that website and find the local ADM office. So join us for part two of In the Driver's Seat, Staying in Control of Your Grain Marketing. And meanwhile, be well planning your new crop year. Thanks for listening. This has been In the Driver's Seat, brought to you by ABM. To learn more about managing financial risk in your grain operation, talk to your local ABM representative or go to admadvantage.com.